2020, episode 231. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, trying every day to bring you the best news, things that are going on in the 2020 election. Hey, guys, I am very sorry to say it, but I had some things that, I mean, I'm not sorry to say it because it's stuff that's really important that I'm doing for family and things of that nature, but I was not able to watch the debate last night because... I had some stuff going on with my family, my son's birth, my son's birthday, and everything, and uh, you know that's just impossible to to shoot things down with with your kid when it comes to watching a debate or keeping tabs on the show or doing something with your kid or whatever. Like you make sure that it's your kid's birthday, you get done what needs to be done, and then you move on, right? So. Uh, because of that, I decided to just go ahead and record something different based upon what I think is going to happen in this whole debate, but I can't watch the debate. I really cannot do it. And then I also have some stuff going on uh, today, which I record this on Wednesday, but uh, today's Thursday to you guys that you're listening. And for me, I have some stuff going on Thursday that really required me to get to bed uh, way before midnight, and uh, you guys know this, usually when I do this episode, uh, the day after the debates, it's basically, I'll watch the debate till 11, turn it off, do the show, the show usually takes me an hour or so to put together and record and everything, sometimes it takes me longer, and then at that point, you gotta get to bed while you're already, you know, hyped up and everything from recording a podcast, you don't fall asleep till 1 o'clock, I always have to wake up about 5.45, 6 o'clock for other stuff for work and everything. And then tomorrow I have something really important that I need to be fresh for. And I just could not fit this into my schedule. And I've been talking about doing this debate show for a while, I know. But um, no love lost, I hope. I apologize, like I said. Uh, But some things you have to take priority over others, you know. And uh, this is one thing that I I had to prioritize my life. And the debate, which, you know what, guys, to be honest with you, I can guarantee you, if you look at the, if you go back and listen to the first debate episode, the second debate episode, and the third debate episode, there was probably nothing new said during this debate. And I'll do an analysis of what the pundits are saying tomorrow, okay? That's what I'll do for you. I'll do an analysis of what the pundits are saying tomorrow. I'll probably end up watching the debate as well a little bit just to get an overview of what happened. And then at that point, I'll put together an analysis of the debate and everything. But I dropped the ball and I apologize. But, you know, like I said, family always comes first. Your kids always come first in my life. Or my kids always come first in my life. And, uh, you know, I got to put the... I can't always put the podcast first in my life. Especially, like... If if I decided to do that, 
I guarantee you I'd be in the doghouse with the wifey, of course, and, um, but it's not that I love my kids to death, man, and I would never, uh, I would never do something that would make them sad, I would never do anything that would, uh, make them doubt my love for them as well, so, uh, that's my little piece of, piece of knowledge for you, always put family first, everything else second, and that's, uh, that's, that is the truth every single time, no matter what, um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, you go back and you listen to the first debate show, the second debate show, the third debate show, the only thing that'll be different is who we were talking about, because there's only 10 people that are in this debate that happened last night, um, but you know, okay, so this is it, man, you hit foreign policy, they're gonna talk about foreign policy probably last, you guys know it, they'll probably talk about foreign policy last, after everyone's already gone to bed, after nobody else is paying attention to it, and you'll hear, Joe Biden, he'll be like, oh yeah, you know, we should definitely have a presence across the world, we need to be a power and a light of liberty to the masses and all that stuff, and uh, we need to have, you know, we need to be on the offensive over there so we don't have to fight them over here, things like that. You'll hear that from him, then you'll hear others that are saying, you know, we need to pull back and we need to come home, we need to bring the troops home. A few of them will say that, most of them are kind of right in the middle. So, yeah, that's pretty much what they would say on the whole issue. Oh, that's something that I wanted to bring up to you guys. The other day, listening to the impeachment proceeding, I heard one of the people that was speaking, one of the people that was, you know, they were doing their little spiel before they do the questioning, right? And I can't remember who it was, but I believe it was that lieutenant, uh, lieutenant colonel, the highly decorated lieutenant colonel, I guess, even had a purple heart and everything. So, uh, he, he definitely was, got wounded on the battlefield the whole nine yards, right? Um, but he was speaking and I, I'm pretty sure it was him. And he had said during that, that he used the whole fight them over there. So we don't have to fight them here. And he was in reference to Russia. We're going to fight Russia and Ukraine so that we don't have to fight them over here is what they, what he said. And that is the same wording that they used in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in Syria, in Libya, in the ISIS thing that was going on. That's what they use in the Middle East all the time. We're going to fight them over there, so we don't have to fight them over here. And he was using this reference in a reference to Russia, to Vladimir Putin, to the things that were going on in Ukraine that we need to be backing Ukraine. We need to be backing them with arms. We need to be backing them with foreign aid so that we don't that so that we can fight them over there through a proxy Ukraine essentially. I mean if I'm reading into it correctly on what he meant by that. And I was taken aback by that, guys. I was. I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to sit there and use that." I wonder if that's the rationale that a lot of military commanders use that are in that part of the world. If that's the, that's what a lot of the people that are diplomats in Europe use, fight them over there so we don't have to fight them over here. We will never fight Russia over here in the United States. Now, I can't say that completely 100%, but <clears throat> I am certainly not convinced that Russia is going to come and invade America. They won't do that. I'm certainly not convinced that Russia or America is going to go in there and invade Russia either. But it's a power struggle between the two nations. It's a power struggle 
everyone wants to have influence over different countries. And America has kind of got Ukraine on the on the side of the United States, right? So that we have better diplomatic relations than we used to. Russia's kind of losing a lot of their influence over the Ukraine. And Ukraine is a very important strategic place in Europe because it's kind of the breadbasket of Europe. That's where most of the grains, most of the food is grown in Europe. Huge country. Lots of farming. Russia depended upon that. I mean, Ukraine was one of the things that happened with the entire World War II. Like, they were fighting over Ukraine so specifically so they could have access to that food. Germany wanted to invade Ukraine so they could have access to that food. Russia wanted to have influence over Ukraine because they'd have access to that food. Stalin starved the Ukrainian people by forcing the collective farms to send the food to Russia rather than keep it there for the people to use. He kept the seed. When you're doing farming, you keep a certain amount of seeds in order to plant for the next year. And he took that and he made them give it to give it to Russia so they didn't have any seeds to plant the next year for the next round of crops. Like Those are things that Ukraine has been a very strategic place in Europe for centuries because of the fact that they have such great agriculture there. The food is grown there. So everyone wants to have access to that, right? Everyone wants to have access to Ukraine. So it's, it's just like the influence that Russia has over Ukraine, America's threatening that. Same thing with America's influence in Syria. Or we're, we're threatening Russia's influence in Syria. So there's a there's a international strategic thing going on with who's going to have influence over who. And then this commander, this this lieutenant, this lieutenant colonel, says, "We're going to fight the, fight Russia over there, so we don't have to fight them here." I think that that is a dangerous precedent to set. I really do. But yeah, that's what I was thinking when I saw that. I was like, "Oh my god." they're using that argument but anyway off that point so yeah on the when you're talking about the debate and everything like that's what we're going to be listening to guys it's going to be a lot of the same stuff Uh, libertarians we are one of the few political groups that have like a a a true north which is limited uh, the very minimum limited government limit government that's that's our true north on every issue, it should be limit government. On every issue, it should be limit the state. Limit the course of power of the state. That's it. So when we're talking issues, we, we could pretty much ad-lib every question that comes up sometimes because you can rationalize it in your mind. Well, what is limiting the state in this situation? Medicare for all. Well, is that giving the state power over medicine? Yes. So we'd be against that. Education, free college education. Is that giving state control over the educational system? Is that confiscation of money from some to give to the educational system that's going to benefit others? Is that socializing things? Is that giving more power to the state? Yes. Is that limiting the state? No. 
So we can, that's our true north, guys. It really is. So when all of the issues that they bring up, is it limiting the state's power over you? If the answer is yes, it is limiting the state and the state's power, then we're okay with it. Limit the state's power. That's what I would say in every situation. Are we going to take taxes down from 20% to 19%? That's limiting the state power. That's limiting the coercion of the state. It's taking 1% away from the state. So yeah, I'm for that. I'll get behind it. Would I rather it be 0%? Would I rather there be no taxes? Of course. Taxation is theft. That's the ideal. Taxation is the state having coercive power over you to take your property and your money. So of course I'm going to say that that's wrong, but I'm going to take a little bit as opposed to none at all, or as opposed to standing on a platform of saying it's all or nothing. So is it limiting the power of the state? Absolutely. Then okay, then let's do it. Let's do it. But if it is expanding the state's power, then we're going to say no, absolutely not. We're going to make a stand on that. I would rather have the status quo than have more government. So we'll take a stand on that. We're going to stick with the status quo at that point. That is a good thing. That is an absolutely good thing. If it's giving power back to the states, like for... Healthcare, responsibility for healthcare, responsibility for childcare, responsibility for education. Is it limiting the federal government? Absolutely. Okay, then let's do it. Is it expanding the federal government? Yes, it is. Okay, then we're not for that. That is the true north that we focus on as libertarians. Most other political philosophies seem like they're very subjective. Subjective in every single view they will change their views they'll expand their views they're okay with negotiating they're okay with compromise but the libertarian view is limited to government that's it when it comes to the political side of the libertarian view it's limit the government that's really what it comes down to so during the debate that's what all these candidates are going to be talking about is expansion of the government that's all they're going to talk about constantly the entire night. I guarantee you that's what they spoke about. I didn't get to listen to it. I apologize. I didn't get to watch the debate. I had things going on in my life that I couldn't do it. So I'm recording before the debates because family is more important. But, and believe me, family is always more important in every part of your life than politics. Absolutely. I don't think anyone would disagree with that one unless you're the biggest status in the entire world or I guess communists might think to themselves the state takes precedent over family uh, every single time because the state's the course of power of the state and the state is the all-encompassing mother of the entire world and all that crap right but yeah we're going to talk about limiting government that's what we believe in as libertarians okay Keep that in mind, and any time anyone thinks about, anyone time anyone talks about an issue with you, you can say, well, that's what you can think about. Is it expanding the state, or is it limiting the state? Yeah, I could be on board with that. Let's go for a 15% taxing, tax decrease. Let's go for a 15% tax increase? Absolutely not. Are you okay with expanding Medicare? No. No, I'm not. 
Because ultimately, the reason why we're against the state and for limiting the state is because the state does not do things efficiently. The state causes challenges within markets that make it so that people don't get better services. It stagnates the services. Where you're at today, that if you give the state the power over something, where that is at today technologically, it pretty much stays there or gets worse. But we're always about getting better. The society it should be about getting better. Bringing things to people cheaper, bringing things to people in a more efficient way. That's what that's what the markets do. Look at your TV that's on your TV on, on hanging on your wall right now. Think about where that TV was 25, 30 years ago. It was sitting on a floor. If you had a big screen TV, it was just just absolutely enormous box. You couldn't even give one of those away nowadays. But the markets bring you better quality stuff, way cheaper. Like you can get a 65 inch TV nowadays for three, four hundred bucks, maybe even less than that if it's on sale on a Black Friday event. And that's what the markets bring you. When you got the government, you get the post office still doing things the same way they were doing it a hundred years ago. And that's it. You get people that are trying to protect their jobs by not being too innovative. That's what the that's what politics is all about. Don't do anything too crazy, guys. You might get fired, right? We got to protect our jobs. We're not here to be innovative. We're here to continue to do what we've been doing for the whole entire time. And the only way we do anything innovative is they tell us to do something innovative. And that's it. We're here to protect our jobs. That's the way that politics that's what politics works. That's the way that government bureaucracies work. So let's go forward with limiting government. That's the, that's the true north that we have, okay? So when you're watching the debates down the road, the next debate that you watch, and you're listening to these politicians talk, are they talking about limiting government? Most likely, if they're a Democrat or Republican, nine times out of ten, they're not talking about limiting government. On some social issues, they might be talking about limiting government when it comes to some of the, you know, democratic things that they're talking about doing. I don't know. Republicans, they might be talking about limiting government from the tax base and all that stuff, right? But really, they're about maximizing government overseas. They're about maximizing government in the social issues of your lives, telling you how to live your life, things like that. That's what the Republicans are all about, telling you what to do with your life, how you should live. Democrats, they might be okay with legalizing drugs and legalizing marijuana, getting the getting the rid of the drug war, helping out people that are in prison for nonviolent crimes. That's limiting government, right? So those are things that we can agree on. Those are things that we can agree on. But if you're willing to limit government in that aspect, why can't you limit government elsewhere? If the government does a terrible job of incarcerating people. The one thing that you might be able to legitimize that the government should do is maybe incarcerate people that are bad people, right? But they've expanded the power that they have to that, to where they're, they're taking in people that are nonviolent criminals that have a bag of weed in their pocket and throwing them in prison. They'll continue to try to take as much power as they can unless we take it away from them. On every issue, that's the way that government is. It's designed to grow. And when you're listening to debates... That's all they're talking about is growing government, growing the size and scope of the government. 
It sickens me. The first debate, through the fourth debate, and on to the fifth, sixth, and seventh debate, that's all they're going to be talking about is expanding the government. Take, giving politicians more power over your life, over your life, over your family, over your state, over your community, over the car you drive, over the blades that you shave with, probably, over the milk that you drink, over the things that you put into your body, over the food you eat, over the shoes you wear, probably, the cars, the airplanes, everything. That's what they talk about, taking more control over that on the federal level, taking more control over South Carolinians, trying to make them do what Californians do, apparently. And there's a lot of difference between a South Carolinian and a person from California or a person from Maine. Everyone has their own issues that they deal with in their states and their counties and their cities. The federal government has no right to tell you guys what you should be doing with your lives. The federal government, if anything, take it back to the Constitution. And then we can work on that. But let's get back to that, right? Let's get back to the Constitution. Obviously, we've had some major changes with slavery and things like that that were going on back then. And those are all good things. Those are all great things. It's expanding freedom for people that are alive, human beings. Those are things that are phenomenal that we've been able to accomplish in the West is getting rid of slavery, giving equal rights to more people, letting the government be blind when it comes to females and males and all that stuff. Those are good things. With, with blind to race, the government should be blind to those things. Absolutely. The government should be blind to those things. People are still going to be racist. People are still going to be sexist. But if they don't have the course of power of the government to enforce those things, that's a good thing. But we get back to the limited nature of the government with regards to the Constitution. That would be a great thing. And then we could work on that. But that's not what these politicians were talking about last night. Those, that is definitely not what they were talking about last night. They were talking about expanding government to the point where you will probably have to have 100% of your tax money that you earn taken from you in taxes in order to pay for that. And they'll take more if they could. They will. They will put a gun to your head and take that money from you if they could. They will take your 401k. They'll take your IRA. There's never enough money at all for a politician, okay? There's never enough money. You know why? Because dreams and ambitions, right? Everyone's desires are unlimited everything. Unlimited resources, right? But we know as an economist, like an economist know this, Resources are scarce. Everything is scarce. Time is scarce. Iron is scarce. Air is even scarce if you want to take it that far. It's a scarce resource. Everything is a scarce resource. So you can't have free everything because people have unlimited demands on those things. But that costs money. And politicians are willing to give out unlimited everything if they can in order to buy votes because they're not concerned about the economic impacts of those things. What they're concerned about is what? Standing up on that stage so they can get elected. Okay? That's it. Donald Trump, all he wants to do is be re-elected so he can have power over the trillions of dollars that the government spends. And the same thing with the Democrats. They want to have power over the trillions of dollars that the government spends so they're going to say what they have to do 
to get people to vote for them. Whatever it takes. And they'll tell you that they're doing it for you. They'll tell you they're doing it because they care about the poor and they care about the middle class and that the rich are too greedy. They'll say it all day. But what they really want is power over that money so they could stay in power. So they could stay in power. That's it. That's it. So think about that if you're thinking about the debate last night. Think about that as we go into 2020 and the politicians are talking on stage about what they're going to give you and what they're going to do for you. They're only saying that because they know that it's going to be a way to get elected. So it's a few people believe them and they'll say, yeah, that sounds good. Maybe we should tax the rich all of their, or 1% of their wealth over 50 million dollars. Maybe we should take 2% anything over a billion dollars because that's a great way to fund the pet projects that these politicians have. That's wonderful. Let's do that. I agree with that. I'm going to vote for Elizabeth Warren. Woohoo! Not realizing the what will happen if you institute a policy like that the negative externalities are huge if you initiate a policy like that imagine 2% of all wealth over a billion dollars have to be sold and liquidated every single year by these politi- by these um, by these business people imagine the devastating effects on the stock market Imagine that just because the politician wants to have a pet project, we're going to destroy the economy. And in 50 years at 2%, that would be 100% of the economy taken, 100% of today's economy taken by the federal government during that time. At that point, all we have is growth. The federal government, what, what would they do if they had to liquidate it all, right? Would they say, okay, well, you don't have to give us cash, you can just give us stocks in your company? Because that's where most of these like mega millionaires, these very wealthy people, their money is not just sitting around in cash. They're not Scrooge McDuck swimming around in their gold. They're keeping that money. If anything, they have stock certificates down in a basement that show that they have stock in their company. That's it. That's where most of that money is at. If you look at Jeff Bezos, his billions are in Amazon stock. That's all that he has, probably. Obviously, he might have a couple million on hand or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what his financial situation is. I haven't seen seen his financial statements. But if he had to liquidate 2% of his stock in Amazon, he would find some way to offshore that. He would find some way to get around it, for sure. Or you would be incentivized to decrease the value of your company or decrease the value of your holdings. So it's less than a billion or something. I mean, they're going to figure out some ways around it. But then they're going to be spending money to figure out ways around it. Why not? We, why don't we just let these people grow their businesses rather than trying to confiscate it from them? But that's all the politicians are doing. The reason why they do it is because they want to have power. It sounds great. Oh, yeah, it's only the billionaires that will be taxed like that. That's it. We're not going to come for your, your net worth. We're not going to come from your wealth. If you have... Five homes, that's no big deal. We're not going to... If you have a million dollars in assets, we're not going to come for 2% of that. Or 1%. Well, no, that'll never happen. No. 1913. Income tax gets passed. 
the law gets passed. There's an income tax now. It's going to affect the top 1%. They're going to be paying like 1% or 2% of their of their money. That's it to the government. By the end of 20, or 1917, I think, they're in the middle of World War One. Top income tax rate, 75% or something, and maybe even more than that. The average person is paying 25% of their money in taxes. Yeah, it'll never happen to you and me. That's it. It'll never. If you give a politician that ability to tax your wealth, they will bring it down to every single person no matter what. That's what they will do. So think about that when you're thinking about the debates last night, okay? But hey, I appreciate you and my listeners, all of you that keep on coming back listening daily, okay? I appreciate it. I'm sorry that I was not able to do a debate show. You're probably happy that I did not do a post-debate show, a lot of you, because we don't want to hear about a bunch of idiot politicians that talk about what they're going to give, what they're going to hand out to people. That's something that most of you guys probably don't want to hear, but I do know this. The day after a debate, my downloads are record numbers every single time, like triple, quadruple sometimes my normal listenership, so... Um, I hurt myself by not doing it, but like I said, family is way more important than, than this show. It really is. Um, but hey guys, I appreciate you joining me for the show. I am the empire.com. I am the empire on Facebook and on Twitter. You could email me Ray at I am the empire.com as well. If you would like to subscribe to the show, give me a five star rating and review. Um, that's always helpful, but subscribing to the show lets you hear the show tomorrow and then you can come back. And you could have clear vision for 2020.